I am a police officer working on an emergency response team on a busy London borough. We took a call to a suspected domestic incident in a block of flats. The informant said that she could hear screaming and sounds of disturbance coming from the flat above her own. Once we arrived my colleague and I knocked on the door of the flat the informant said the noise was coming from. I had heard nothing on my way up and certainly couldn't hear any disturbance coming from the address. To be honest I heard nothing at all. After knocking twice we had no response. My colleague left me to go downstairs and speak directly to the informant. I stayed by the door. I knocked again and after some time it was answered by an elderly woman. She had clearly been asleep and was alarmed to see me standing outside. I told her that someone had called saying that they could hear a disturbance coming from within her address. I asked her if there was anyone else inside with her. She looked bemused and told me that she lived alone and had been sleeping. I asked her if I could come in to satisfy myself that no one else was there. She invited me in and I walked into what was a small two-bedroom flat. The flat was in darkness apart from her hall light and her bedside lamp. I began searching through the flat. As I approached the final door, the living room, my colleague called me up on the radio. He told me that he was on his way and asked if I was okay. I told him everything was fine wondering why he sounded so flustered. He told me that he was with the informant and could also hear screaming and loud thuds coming from the flat I was in. I told him that he must be mistaken as I was almost done searching the flat and that I had heard nothing whatsoever. I have to admit a feeling of unease as I opened the final door. Like all the other rooms it was in darkness but was freezing cold. My breath missed it immediately. There was no one in the room and no signs of disturbance. No window was open. I called my colleague and asked him to listen out for my footfall. He said he could hear my feet as I stamped them but said that the screaming had stopped. This coincided with me opening the door. I left shortly after apologizing to the elderly woman for waking her. I have no rational explanation for this at all. My colleague and I left feeling very creeped out. My husband has a story when he was working at a jail. He and another guy were in, let's say the security room, where they have cameras on the cells and watch the inmates. It was dead of night and they had a crazy guy by himself in one of the pods, which is a cell where lots of inmates stay. This guy was crazy enough that he got one to himself. He kept hitting the call button to talk to the guards and every time my husband answered the inmate would be crying and pleading for the guards to move him to a different cell. He said that something wouldn't leave him alone. Well, the guy is crazy and in there alone, so they tell him to go to sleep each time and hang up on him because they're tired of his crap. Well right after the last time he makes the call on the two-way intercom and my husband hangs up, the inmate is holding his knees rocking back and forth in a corner on the camera. Typical crazy guy stuff. Out of curiosity, my husband holds down the button to listen in. He hears the dude sobbing and another voice talking at the same time. Husband lets go of the button quickly and looks over at the other guard in the room with him and asks did you hear that? And the other guard is sheet white and says I didn't hear anything and turns back around, refusing to say another thing about it.
I was a corrections officer for 8.5 years at a county jail. We had an inmate commit suicide in his lockdown cell and not be found for a few hours. That unit has primarily been an ADSEG unit the entirety of the facility being open. In the years I worked there, we had three inmate deaths in that same cell. Two suicides, one natural causes. I can't say for certain there is something there, but doing midnight head count in that unit was always a little unnerving. You get used to being watched by inmates, but that unit had always felt like it was something else. Even when the unit was empty you would get that feeling that something was there. New officers experienced it, veteran officers experienced it, even the maintenance guys when they went in to work on a cell. Late evening maybe a decade ago, I ended up running silent to a call with additional units in tow. The caller reported hearing footsteps on her second floor when she was in the kitchen. She lived alone, middle-aged, divorced, no kids, and had no expected company. She is outside across the street when we arrive, obviously unnerved and being calmed by her neighbor. Other units showed up almost as I did and set up a perimeter at the corners of the property. We talk with her, get permission to enter, so we decide we'll announce ourselves and clear the house. Three of us stack up on the front door, announce and make entry while the other officers are viewing the windows from a distance under concealment. She was in the midst of making a really late dinner so the house smells really good. I remember how good it smelled. Anyway, we clear the ground level and make our way to the stairs when we hear it. Obviously footsteps on the wood floors above us. Not a panicky oh I'm caught footsteps and running to hide or escape, no, these were calm, methodic and almost pace-like. We announce ourselves again and no response, except the pacing just starts to sort of fade away. Quietly I make my way up the steps, adrenaline pumping, and concentrating on pieing the corner at the top. I stop a few stairs shy of the corner, breathe, and proceed up. The hallway at the top was pitch black and after successfully clearing the top slash corner we make our way down the hallway clearing rooms. Nothing. Nobody. Not even a critter. Not that any critter would ever make what I describe as human footsteps on hardwood. After the initial search, a few of the other officers involved also checked every nook and cranny, bed, closet, rack, hell, even the washer, dryer, appliances and cupboards were thoroughly searched. Nothing was out of order. Nobody was hiding anywhere. Eventually we invite the lady back into her residence and reassure her that there was nobody in there and we equated her noise to maybe wood shrinkage or expansion in the home. None of the officers outside and after our initial search had seen anybody leave the top or bottom floors or windows. The house had no indications that anybody tried to force open a window or door. I stayed behind for about 30 minutes once the other officers cleared the call and waited while her friend showed up to stay the night with her. I went over basic security measures with her and double-checked all her windows and doors were not compromised. She fed me well done lasagna as I waited, and to this day, I'm convinced. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online 
and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Vince that I interacted with another dimension of life that day. Three years ago, I was called into an investigation of a burglary in a cemetery. When the forensics guys and I finally went out there, it was a slow morning, none of the responding deputies had actually gone inside yet. Four deputies and a sergeant were busy securing the scene from the outside, because it was still dark out and they didn't want to go into the dark mausoleum that had been broken into. Apparently they felt much safer with us overweight non-sworn employees around, so we went inside together. The exterior door to the mausoleum had been forced open, and we started looking around for signs of anything stolen or vandalized. Eventually we did find that one of the grave sites in the mausoleum, almost 15 feet off the ground, had the cement plaque shattered and the coffin was pulled out and left sprawling on the floor. All contents of the coffin were missing, which including the cremated remains of three people, the last one who died in 2004. A person would have had to bring their own ladder to pull this out, or been at least 12 to 13 feet tall. According to the forensics guy, it looked like the plaque for the coffin had been shattered from the inside, due to water damage. Still, it seems oddly coincidental that a plaque would simultaneously break on the night of a break-in to the mausoleum. It hadn't been accessed since 2004, so almost 12 years prior. The people in the grave site had a single living relative. I called them, exchanged pleasantries, and then when I asked about the mausoleum they said no habla English and hung up. It's probably drug-related, somehow, but this is the exactly the kind of thing that would happen at the start of a vampire or zombie apocalypse movie. While on patrol with my supervisor, side note, she is arguably the hottest woman I've ever known, we received a call for a potential break-in at an old abandoned building. Another side note, I was fresh out of the academy and still in training. This was third shift, so midnight to 8 a.m., which is when the crazy stuff happens. My fellow officers here will know. Upon entering the building we received the call for, weapons drawn, I slowly followed the lead of my supervisor. As we make our way further into the building, I eventually take the lead after dissecting a room we cleared, building sweeping tactic. As I continued further, I hear my supervisor making some noise so I turned around and saw her take out a lighter. She flipped it open and lit it. Then, I saw her bring it to up to her face, stick it under her tongue and say something. Confused. I continued forward, still high on the adrenaline of the possibility of finding someone in the building. 
We eventually searched the whole building, nobody was there. We called it in and continued back on patrol. It was a very active night, so there was no time to ask about the lighter. While on patrol the next night, we passed by the same abandoned building from the previous night, a few hours into our shift. I remember the lighter thing and ask my supervisor about it. Without saying a word, she whips the cruiser around and pulls into the parking lot of the abandoned building. She gets out and I follow her lead. We walk around the building and find a door that is chained shut, but with enough room to slip through. She goes right through and I follow her lead. Confused and slightly aroused, I had no idea what to expect, I shakily ask her if she wants me to call out our location. She responds, no. Just follow me. So, we continue into the same building we searched the night before. Eventually we make it to a large auditorium and we sit down. She explains to me that she is Wiccan, which I was pretty clueless about since I am pretty much non-secular. She went on to explain that she had a bad feeling when entering the building on the previous night. Not the sixth sense feeling a police officer gets when something doesn't feel right, but a different one she gets in the presence of something sinister slash evil, spiritually. So, she needed to say a quick spell slash charm, I forget what word she used to describe it. I'm open to anyone's beliefs and never pass judgment. In the end, I think there is no way for anyone to know the truth. Even though I would say that I am an atheist, I found it all very fascinating. So, I kept asking questions and she could tell that I was fascinated. She then asks me if I am okay if we try to communicate with them. Excited, slightly pessimistic, I say that I'd love to. She continues to pull out an old mag light, flashlight. It is one that you can turn on but slowly unscrew the bottom cap holding the batteries. There is a point where the batteries begin to get separated from the metal coil within and the circuit is broken, killing the light, science. She explains that some spirits are able to provide enough energy to complete the circuit, turning on the light. She then turned on the flashlight and unscrews the cap until the light goes out. She then gently placed it onto the table in front of us. She asks if I want to ask a question for them, I swallow hard and tell her that I am all set. At this point, I am still pessimistic and skeptical, but something in me is nervous and excited. My supervisor then starts to walk through a series of questions. There is no response for the first couple minutes. Then, she goes on to ask if we can ask them what their name is. The light magically turns on and then back off again. After a solid minute or two of being in the dark, in an old creepy building, entirely out of my comfort zone, it definitely surprised me a little. However, the rational side of me started to come up with every logical reason that could have caused it to turn on. So, I continue to sit and listen. My supervisor then asks if they are a boy and then if they are a girl, no response. She then makes her way through the alphabet and when we get to the letter J, the light turns on. She then proceeds to go through the alphabet again and it turns on for the letter O. We continue one more time and get to R. At this point, I'm freaked out. My supervisor then asks the question, is your name Jordan? The light turned on again, brighter than any of the other times. At this point all the hairs stand up on my body, 
they are standing right now as I write this. It was amazing. We continue to spend the next 5 to 10 minutes talking to Jordan. The light consistently turns on for all of the questions, there was 100% no way that it could have just turned on by chance that many times, at the exact time that it did to answer the very specific questions we asked. I had no way to explain what I was observing. I had the same flashlight on my duty belt, so I knew it wasn't a trick. While talking with Jordan, my supervisor asked if I smelt something. I have an awful sense of smell and told her that I didn't smell anything. She told me that it smelled like sulfur. I figured it was just the old building and probably a little bit from me because I was sweating pretty hard at this point from what I was seeing slash witnessing. Anyways, out of nowhere, Jordan was gone. We asked if Jordan was still there, and there was no response. We asked if someone else was there, and the light came on, very dim. My supervisor asked it if we could talk and there was no response. She then asked if it wanted us to leave. The light came on brighter than I've ever seen. Then, it strobed a few times and shut off. My supervisor quickly grabbed it and said we needed to get out, immediately. My legs could barely move, I was so scared. We eventually made it out and went back into the cruiser. She pulled her lighter out and set a charm again. She then went on to explain that smelling sulfur was a sign of a demonic entity, or something like that. We rode in silence for a while until I worked up the courage to ask more things. The calls began to come in, eventually taking my mind off of it. While in training with my supervisor, we went on to attempt this in a few more locations, but never with the success we had at that one place. Eventually, I was done with training and out on my own. A year later, my supervisor took a crowbar to the side of the head and lost sight, partially, in one eye. She was medically retired. She now does modeling, ghost stuff and who knows what else. I have no reason to make this up, I swear on my life that it is the truth. To this day, I constantly think about it. I've spent hours looking up the flashlight thing, history of the building and other encounters like the one I had. Some people try to explain it away, stating that it, the light from the flashlight, has to do with heat or pressure in the atmosphere or whatever. Regardless, I know what I saw and there was no way it could have happened that accurately, for that many times. Also, when the light turned on extremely bright, I had no way to explain that. If you've experienced anything like that, have done the flashlight test or are Wiccan, I'd love your input here. I was a Met police officer serving with the Diplomatic Protection Group during the 80s. I was on night duty on protection of a government building in Carlton House Terrace in central London. It was in the early hours of the morning and I decided to take a walk around the outside perimeter to check that all was well. I opened the front door to see a young boy standing about 12 feet away from me. He was wearing an Edwardian tweed cap, jacket and plus four trousers and long socks, he was also carrying a heavy old-style leather football. Where this property is, is used a great deal for filming as it is very atmospheric, thinks Sherlock Holmes. I said, hello, what are you doing here? He smiled and bounced the ball. 
I realized that the ball made no sound upon striking the ground. I then saw standing behind him was a lady, late thirties, wearing a small straw hat with flowers and cherries on it. She was wearing a long cream cotton dress, Edwardian style with leg of mutton sleeves. She beckoned to the boy with her hand to come to her. He smiled at me and waved and joined the women. They turned away from me and vanished. I know that I was not dreaming, I requested a signal check on my radio to my control. Perhaps I had experienced a time slip? I was a manager of computer repair for a retailer a couple year ago. We had a client's computer in the back running various malware and virus scans. I was doing morning paperwork in the back near the computer. This PC had its screen saver on displaying random photos from the My Pictures folder, various family members, children's birthday parties the usual stuff. Then from then of my eye I swear to God I saw a picture of a woman from the shoulders up with her throat cut. As soon as I realized what I was making out I directed my full attention and it was back to photos of a car show. As they day went on I though nothing of it and proceeded continue my work until I was bringing another customer's PC to the back to work on and again from my peripheral I could have sworn I saw a bloody body and bound in a trunk of a car. At that moment I began to freak out. I grabbed one of my employees explained to him the situation. We then sat for 10 minutes and watched this screensaver. It is against company policy to search through the client's personal files without absolute just cause. We then proceeded to see a photo two bodies in a shallow grave out in the woods and another photo of a severed hand down in kitchen drawer. I then went and got the general manager and informed him of the situation and had him view this screensaver. We then felt that I would be in everyone's best interest to contact law enforcement. In about 15 minutes later owner of the computer and another gentleman show up I proceed to tell him that his computer is not ready and it will be a while. He then informs me that he was called there because someone reported there was some photographs of a grisly murder that we had found. I showed him his computer and then his partner then begins to laugh at him. Apparently he went against police policy and took some of his work home with him and had never noticed his work photos were being used as a screensaver. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. About four years ago, a lady who I'll call Lucy, called our non-emergency line and said she locked herself out of her house. I responded to take the report in case FD needed to force entry. I arrived first and immediately noticed a burning candle and some Jesus-y statues in the upstairs window. The light in this room was also on. I can't explain it, but it seemed a bit odd to me. Anyways, I approached Lucy who appeared to be about 65 years old, and asked what happened. She said she walked to her car to get groceries for her and her mother but forgot her keys inside and the door had locked behind her. I asked if her mother was home and Lucy replied in the affirmative. Lucy went on to say she technically lived alone because her mom died 6 years prior but she still lives with her in the bedroom with a lit candle and makes her presence known by turning on slash off lights opening slash closing doors, and turning on the bathroom faucet. I then walked the perimeter of the home and found an unlocked window into the kitchen. Since Lucy never actually left home and knew no one else was inside, I radioed dispatch and climbed in through the window with her consent. As my boot touched the kitchen floor, I heard an audible click. At the same time, the lights in the stairway and upstairs hallway to my left turned off. I quickly walked to the rear sliding door to my right and advised Lucy what had happened. Lucy laughed and said that was just her mom saying hello. I told Lucy that although I genuinely believe what she told me was true, I still had to do my due diligence and ensure no one else was inside. I radioed for a back and within minutes my buddy arrived. The first thing he asked about was the lit candle in the window. While clearing the upstairs, we came upon the room where the candle was and immediately noticed it was blown out. There were no open windows, fans, vents, or other obvious source that could have extinguished the flame. We just looked at each other with a bit of unease and went back downstairs to leave. Click the upstairs lights turned off behind us. 
We talked to Lucy for another five minutes and suggested getting a battery-operated candle just to be safe. Had a couple of weird things occur one night, was working night shift in a small town and received a call to the hospital. The call was from the lone security guard on site who didn't feel comfortable dealing with this on his own. The call was dispatched as urgent assistance. On arrival to the hospital the guard stated to me that nursing staff had heard what they referred to as blood-curdling screams coming out of the then-closed psychiatric unit. There were no patients or staff in the unit at the time. The door to the unit was a clear glass door and there was nothing visible on the other side. I requested the keys to unlock the door. After turning the key in the door and unlocking the deadbolt, before I was able to remove the keys from the door something had forced the lock and relocked the door resulting in my hand, still holding the key, to be physically moved as well. I was pretty creeped out myself, lol, but based on the severity of the call I still entered the room and conducted a search of the entire unit with no result. Immediately after clearing the unit another call came in but this time it was from a nurse walking to her car on the street. She also heard loud screams. I ran down to the hospital parking lot where another unit met me and we searched the area. I then came across a small park and could hear a very faint squeaking sound. I followed the sound only to come across a swing set of four swings. Three swings were absolutely still as there was no wind and the other was moving almost as there was someone still sitting in it and pumping to gain momentum. I stood there in awe for a good 30 seconds and the swing did not lose any momentum. What a weird night. Three years ago, living in Colorado, the station got a call about a ghost in someone's house. I wasn't the one on the phone, but apparently the person was hysterical and hard to understand. I arrived on the scene, this woman of about 40 was standing in her front yard. The house is upper middle class, pretty bland. She swears there is a ghost inside. The only reason we didn't disregard the call is because she claimed there was screaming in her attic. She claimed the ghost was doing it, I was supposed to make sure an animal wasn't stuck up there or something. She explained she has been hearing this screaming and bumping on the walls the past two days, she is the only one who lives there, no pets who could cause it, neighbors are in vacation. So, of course, the logical explanation is a ghost. She was far too afraid to check the attic, so I head up there. It was full of cobwebs and musty, and of course the only light bulb didn't work. I take a step, and all of a sudden I hear banging and muffled yelling. Navigating with my flashlight, I head over to the source, a corner in the far back. There was a hobo there. His leg had fallen through the floor and was stuck and he couldn't get out. He started crying tears of joy when I walked over, thanking me and asking for help simultaneously. I pull him out, trying to scratch his leg as little as possible, and lead him outside after letting him stop and get some water. He told me he was just looking for a place to spend the night, and I felt like he had gotten punished enough for his trespass. I asked if he needed anything else before I sent him on his way. Right when he opened his mouth to speak, I realized that he was a 50-foot-tall, gray leviathan from the Paleolithic era. He said, well, could I have about tree fitty? I responded, I ain't giving you no tree fitty, Loch Ness monster. 
Get out of here. Looking defeated, he began to make his way to the nearest lake. Not a cop, but I ended up included in exactly this. Years ago, my friend and I left the bar at last call. We were walking down to a convenience store to get sodas and munchies when we came upon a hysterical lady babbling on in Spanish with her car stopped in the middle of the road. Neither my friend nor I speak a lick of Spanish so we tried our best to find out what was wrong with gestures and speaking loud English. The best we could make of it was that she left home in a hurry and was afraid to go back. We managed to get her to pull her car over and understood she wanted us to call the police. So there we were waiting for the cops to come, trying to console this stranger over something we had nothing about. Luckily we were pretty much sober by the time the cops finally showed. Unluckily, we had to wait longer for a Spanish-speaking cop to come. Finally, after a good long wait, we got to the root of the thing. Apparently, this lady was convinced that the devil was in her apartment. I'm guessing the cops didn't want to just brush it off in case El Diablo was actually an ex-husband or something. This is where it got interesting for us. The lady said she wanted the police to go with her to check her house, but she was too scared to drive. So the cops asked us to drive this stranger's car as they followed all three of us to her apartment. Of all the encounters I've had with police after leaving a bar, this was the first time one had told me to get behind a wheel. And it wasn't even my wheel. So we complied. We drove the lady to her home and the cops went in with her to check everything out. This is where it got kind of funny. Apparently, the whole story was that the lady had got baked and passed out on top of the remote for her TV. Eventually, she rolled over and the TV turned on. When she woke up startled, she assumed that the devil was in her house and had turned on the TV. The sad part was even after figuring all this out, she was still convinced the devil was in her house. The cops had fulfilled their duty so they were ready to take off but first they told us that the lady wanted to go stay at her sister's house because, well, devil and such. So we ended up getting roped into waiting for her sister to arrive, then driving this lady's car to her sister's. Oddly enough, it all worked out because her sister only lived about two blocks from the convenience store we were originally trying to stumble to. A few weeks ago I'd gotten dispatched to a 911 call that involved a female frantically screaming at the dispatcher she's going to kill me, she's going to kill me. Come quick I'm at X. Naturally, every unit within range of my sector and myself had radioed in a response and we were all hauling ass to get there. Once we got there we discovered the house was abandoned for some years now and so we set a cordon around with officers watching all exits, as my shift partner, Myself and a female officer announced ourselves and made entry into the residence. We cleared all of the first floor and proceeded to the second and as soon as we got to the top of the stairs a slight movement spooked us and me and my partner immediately raised our weapons into a room where there was only a noose. Both he and I thought we saw a body on it at first glance, there was nothing there. We cleared the rest of the second floor and took a closer look at the noose, some dried up blood and what I think was peeled off skin on it from an earlier suicide that occurred over a dozen years ago, we thought it might have been recent, 
but we didn't know at the time. Anyways, immediately after we cleared the house we determined that it was way too dead, for lack of a better word, to have been used recently however we called in some detectives. But before we all stepped out, we all agreed we didn't see what just happened. Reason why is my service has a policy on what could be constituted as paranormal instances, where the second something like that happens you are immediately suspended from duty, and given your badge, your gun, your duty belt and your vest. Before being taken on the spot to a psychiatrist slash psychologist, for a full comprehensive evaluation. Needless to say I immediately called my supervisor at the end of shift and told him about it and did the right thing by going in for evaluation. Something to be said about integrity. I've driven past that house multiple times in the past weeks and I've always sunk deeper into my seat as I've driven past. Something about it, it's like you could actually feel there was something off about it. City seems to agree with me, as of three days ago the house is the number one demolition priority in my sector and will be down by the end of the month. I'm just not happy that I'm going to have to go back inside next week to collect anything that might be of interest to both the city and my superiors. Luckily I won't be going in alone. Also, the female who called in the 911 call was charged for public mischief under the pretext of misuse of 911 and misleading peace officers. I am a police officer in large city, there are housing projects in my sector that house low-income residents and also some suffering from mental health issues. There's an elderly Haitian woman who calls late at night and swears she can hear ghosts and voodoo spirits in her residence. The first time I showed up with my partner I told her I would go in and speak with the ghosts and close the bedroom for about 5 minutes, then opened it and she hesitantly entered with me. I told her I asked them to leave and they need her permission to come back. She celebrated and said she can no longer see them and thanked us. This woman is otherwise quite articulate and intelligent and always refuses medical help. She will call 911 periodically every 3 to 4 months for similar reasons and I'll go in with a water bottle with no label and go in and have her point the location where she saw them and I sprinkle some holy water in the area and she thanks us and offers us food. We always politely decline and exit the residence. I'm not a policeman, but a firefighter. I got called to persistent fire alarms being set off in a block of flats that used to be a poor house in the 1800s. The alarms would go off three to four times a night at certain times of the year. We arrive and residents are all outside saying they could hear a woman crying, no one wanted to go in as they assumed it was her that was setting the alarms off and she might be crazy. We went up, yep sure enough could hear a woman crying, sounded like the stairwell. Up we went and walked, crying get louder, turned the landing and realized the sound was then below us. It was coming from the top step of the previous flight of stairs. Well I nearly shat myself. What made it worse was Guess who has just bought a flat on the ground floor and was moving in the following week. Yep me. I used to bail through the front doors, past the staircase and into my flat like I was being. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Chased by wolves. I worked security for a few years out of high school and have some weird one. So me and another guard became pretty good friends and would often talk to each other over the phone and earpiece for most of the night while patrolling. One time he found a door to the basement of the oldest building in our state or city or something like that, and the basement was also infamously haunted. Now he hadn't said anything about what he was doing other than which building he was at. And we had been silent for a few minutes when I heard over the phone the word door being whispered slash hissed in a drawn out way with an audible inhale slash exhale at the end. At first I thought it was him and asked him to repeat himself and he was confused and said that he hadn't said anything. I didn't want to freak him out so I didn't say anything until after he'd left the building about what I'd heard. He was pretty freaked out by it and it would have been very out of character for him to have done that to mess with me. Another one that was most likely just a weird coincidence, we were transporting a psych patient from an ER to a psyche facility who was completely out of his mind, mostly unaware of everything around him, and verbal but not making any sense, and in an almost sleepwalking headspace from appearances. The nurses had doped him up but said he'd been in the same mental state just more agitated beforehand, the antipsychotics had only really calmed him down. The first thing he does after loading him in the vehicle and me sitting down next to him was turn to me, appearing suddenly lucid, and saying conversationally well you look like you're ready to bury another dog. The morning of I'd found my dog passed away in her sleep and had buried her. After looking at me expectantly for a few moments while I was a little confused and shocked the appearance of lucidity on his face and eyes slowly faded away before he turned back to mumbling and rocking back and forth and trying to eat the bag of chips the nurses sent with him. Not the chips out of the bag, mind you, but the bag of chips. My least favorite building to patrol at night very often would have doors unlocked on my second and third patrols, after I'd found them locked beforehand. Many times bay doors which required a latch to be lifted from the inside would be unlocked. The building had alarms attached to every door, that I'd have to disarm every time I opened one of the doors, so they worked. The building owners were not concerned in the least and simply said that the doors did that, and that's why they hired us to keep them locked. If it had been employees opening one of the entrance doors then I would have been able to see which employee, and at what time they'd been unlocked which happened occasionally but I'd always been informed to expect that on the nights it occurred. I'd also hear hissing noises, thumping from the roof, and the occasional bay door being shaken, as though by wind, but with none of the bay doors next to it being shaken. 
That place creeped me the F out. The guard before me had quit at 2 in the morning, after ending a patrol at that site halfway through. A few weeks after getting promoted to lieutenant, driven straight back to the office and left his gear and letter of resignation and refused to return any calls. I had a friend who was good friends with that guard and asked him if he knew what happened, he just said that the guard refused to talk about it. Another time we were going to pick up a psyche patient from an ER, and when passing the hospital morgue during either late night or early morning, heard loud sobbing coming from in there. We flagged down a nurse and told them, who called the hospital security to come check it out and they found nothing. The hallway the morgue was in had a few other rooms that were all locked and closed, but the sound had seemed to be coming directly from the morgue. Another site I would patrol at night was an outdoor theater at the edge of town, a body had been found on an undeveloped part of the grounds and was thought to be a victim of Ted Bundy, as the time and area of death matched up with when Ted Bundy was in the area and active, however it was never proven. This place was creepy, and I didn't even know about the murder until after I'd been working it for a while. Now I'm very used to being outside at night in a rural area, where there's no electric lights, but this place had this oppressive darkness that seemed to absorb any light, even on nights with a full moon I had to use a flashlight to be able to see anything, and even my flashlight seemed to have less reach and illumination there, apart from the weird darkness, there was only ever one unexplained incident. It was the first night I was patrolling there, I'd stopped halfway through my patrol to have a smoke break and turned off my flashlight because the battery was running low. After finishing my cigarette I went back to my patrol and turned my flashlight on, and froze. Alarm bells started to go off in my head but I wasn't sure why. I hadn't heard or seen anything, but I just had this strong feeling that something was off. Then I realized what it was, my shadow was being cast out in front of me, as though there was a light shining on me from behind. I yelped and jumped around, bringing my hands up, thinking there was somebody behind me but there was nothing, I didn't see anything that would have cast my shadow that direction and I didn't mess around to see if my shadow would keep on doing that. I turned my light off and returned to my car, using my much dimmer phone light to see because I didn't want to see my shadow in front of me again lol. I never had that happen again at that property, and later tried to recreate it in the same position with no luck, and other than just being creepy and weirdly dark there were no more incidents that I couldn't find a rational explanation for at that site. Although a mountain lion screams and a guy proposing to his fiancée both about gave me heart attacks there.